0: You are listening to the Raw Sessions podcast where we talk about all the things that are a big part of the uni bubble but are so rarely spoken about with Jesus. Join us as we explore what it means to follow him in today's culture. Today we're talking about sex and I just wanted to preface this with saying that what is shared here is not to condemn or bring shame or guilt. We are having this conversation to open up a conversation between you and God. Lean in and be willing for God to speak to you and know that everything that is discussed is said with total love. My name's Emmy and I'm the student worker here at GT.
1: Uh, my name's Adam, I'm one of the associate pastors at GT and formerly student worker before you.
0: Yeah, and we are joined by a special guest today called Holly Walker. Whoa! Hi! And Holly is the one of the site leaders at GT City and was formerly, formerly... The student worker before Adam. Yes. What years were you student worker? Oh, my life.
2: I was, I was Adam's <laughs> student worker, but I, was, I can't even remember what years I was. That's bad. Sorry. But it was for three years. Yeah. So okay. You, there's you, then Adam. 2016. Then, yeah. I started, See. So. 2013 to 16, then. Yeah. Okay, Perfect. The okay, day. great. So, today we are talking
0: all about sex, I've already mentioned. And when we talk about the raw sessions, all of them, we've done drinking so far, we've done singleness so far. Um, We want to talk about the things that aren't often talked about in church or in Christian conversations alongside Jesus. Um, Sex is one of the conversations that comes up for me most in my student work. It's one of the things that um, I think has a huge impact on people. And yet it's also the biggest thing that's happening on campus that just really isn't talked about with Jesus. That's why we're discussing it today. Um, like I've already said, in my student work, it's come up a lot for me already. And I've only been a student worker since September. Um, I often meet up a lot with girls. So it comes up, in not necessarily in people's experiences or anything like that, but it comes up just as a topic of conversation or even like in questioning, like, did Jesus have a sexuality and things like that? What about you guys? When does it come up for you?
1: Um, yeah, I think in the, in the context of student work, for me the conversation of around sex and like you say it's not just necessarily Mm -hmm. someone's sexual experience but often that would have been the case. Um it's the topic that people would have the most kind of pain they're carrying. Mm. So often people would have had kind of traumatic experiences or stuff, you know, exposed to stuff or been a part of stuff or seen stuff happen or been affected by stuff relating to sex. So for me I kind of I kind of see it as something which has caused the most pain for people. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah, that is
0: sad. What about you, Holly?
2: Uh, for me it came up most uh, with people talking about their own relationships so um, I would meet up with loads of girls and, and I just had hundreds of conversations about sex and how far mm. is too far and um, loads of people in long-term relationships as well and whether they should um, stay with a guy or and, and what they could do and what they couldn't do and um, and loads of people found it I talked to a lot of people about it being a barrier to faith as well lots of people Mm. were not sure about following jesus because they were like oh isn't there loads of rules particularly around sex um Mm. so yeah that's where it came up for me
0: yes so that is something that comes up so often in whether you're a christian or not non-christian i've had loads of conversations with non-christians as well about how this relates i know especially when i was a student as well um in halls that would be the thing when people found out I was a Christian is that was like a marker of my faith was, do you do you believe in sex before marriage or is that yeah. something that you do? It's so funny how that comes into it when often at the time when I was asked it, I didn't necessarily think of that to do with my faith. yeah But when people get into relationships or when this becomes a, like a topic, I guess, that's when people start separating it often from their relationship with Jesus, even though non-Christians tie it together so well, I think. Do you agree that people separate that from, um, or I guess, their sexual activity or the sexual perspective from their relationship with Jesus?
2: Yeah, I think people see it as being really irrelevant to their faith. So people mm. sometimes see their faith as being this very spiritual, abstract thing, like a set of beliefs that we follow, or a, or, um, but it doesn't. Sometimes people don't believe that it actually applies to their life so that's like one end of the spectrum and there's some people who I think sometimes it's either shame or it's guilt or it's stubbornness or Mm -hmm. uh, feeling like it's a bit of an old-fashioned thing or, or whatever so people separate out their faith and their sex life because they either don't think it's relevant or they don't want it to be relevant um but the irony is is that Jesus is like Um, One of the things that we love saying as Christians is that Jesus is coming to give us fullness of life. Mm -hmm. But how can you have fullness of life if you literally lock him out of a part of your life? If you think of your life as like this massive house with loads of rooms in it, you can't lock jesus into certain rooms and stop him from going into other places that isn't real relationship with him that isn't un- and then and then we complain and we wonder why why can't i hear from the holy spirit why can't i hear what he's saying to me about my money or about my friendships or about my work and it's like well you've 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 gaffer-taped his mouth essentially <laughs> in one area of your life Um, And so actually we we have to let God into those areas because he created sex and and he loves sex and he thinks it's a great thing. And Mm. so it's actually working out how do we invite him into that, uh, the conversation that maybe we're having with other people, but for some reason we're not having with our creator. Yeah. Wow.
0: Flipping (laughs) heck. Preach to the choir. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking when you were talking then, I think... I was wondering if you guys have had like experiences of where that's I guess this topic has torn people away from their faith because they haven't figured that out yet.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Holly mentioned something about the whole barriers to faith thing Um. I would say it's it that's been that's been really common in my experience that mm. I, I'm not willing to let go of sex for Jesus both from people that aren't Christians but also people when they kind of I've been walking with Jesus, and then maybe started having sex with a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. Then realised, oh, Jesus has got a whole different perspective mm. on this. Um, but actually, you know, this is just really fun. Like I'm just really enjoying this, and yeah. this is really helping me. People, people, like people have said to me, I'm I can't do my relationship with this person and have this level of intimacy or closeness without sex. Yeah. So I'm not willing to give that up because I've got this person that's real and I can touch and I can feel, quite literally. Yeah. Um, so I'm not <laughs> going to give that up for Jesus, yeah. if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Um, or I've seen a lot of people, um, de- definitely seen this, where people have been like, I think I'll come back to faith later in life. I'll follow Jesus when I'm yeah. married because they believe. But that it, within that statement, within that belief is that, like when you get married you can do whatever you want when actually that is not the case in case anyone thinks that is the case (laughs) you can't do whatever you want because you still actually want to follow Jesus you want to embody like self-control and purity and loving Jesus above all other things so people think that they can like wait to cultivate that later in life but actually Jesus wants that for the whole of our lives so Mm. yeah I've seen a lot of people kind of also try to put the pause button on faith and that it doesn't work you you, you're kind of you're you're in or you're out if you're following Jesus he yeah he's not that keen on people being like oh I'll I'll wait till I can do (laughs) anything I want because that will that day will never come
1: that reminds me of um we're, we're recording this in uh, February 2020 um, mm-hmm. and we've just been doing the kind of red letter series in yeah, Revelation yeah. at G2 and um, one of, I think it was the first one where Christian spoke he talked about the letter to church in Ephesus where it talked about Jesus hating the practices of mm-hmm. the Nicolaitans mm-hmm. uh, and he said which I also yeah you hate the practice of Nicolaitans which I also hate Jesus yeah. speaking and yeah. their thing was um, we'll, with Jesus, we'll worship Jesus follow him yeah yeah we'll, but then we'll sin 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 but God forgives us, continually, forgives us continually so it's okay so get away with it so I think there's some of that in the whole sex thing. Like, I think people often will, will like, know there's some guilt around this and know they but yeah. they think, but God just loves me so I can get away with it and it's fine. I can just keep going.
0: Mm.
1: Um, yeah.
0: Do you think that, that I, I don't know if I've experienced this yet, but people who, like, quite clearly know that, I think, I, I guess just ignore the fact that it needs to be related to Jesus. Like, they know that, that everything should be tied to jesus that jesus cares about everything that they need to give their lives but kind of just like fully are like yeah but i still want to go get with this person on a night out or do this sort of thing I, have you guys had experiences that as well
2: i think yeah i think some people do know that jesus is um relevant to it at least and they know that he should be um totally like they should be talking to him about everything in their lives and involving jesus Mm. in every part of their lives i think some people actually don't really know how with sex because um they feel like it's either you have to imagine like like people's typical picture of god the father is like an old man (laughs) and so people think that the only way that you can involve god in your sex life is to imagine him like in the room when you're being tempted or going a little bit too far with that person or when you're having sex with your husband that is not actually how that works you don't imagine an old man in the room but i think that's the only option whereas actually god created sex and so actually if you Mm. seek him on that and if you're like what does that look like how about i look at what the bible says about it how about i read about song of songs and actually see how God loves that we physically desire people. Like, yeah. he's not against you fancying people. He's not against you <laughs> being turned on by stuff. Yeah. It's about what he's put in your reality right now. What's great. right for you now. What's good for you now. And he knows better. Mm. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I think some people just don't know how. But actually, maybe just read Song of Songs. For, <laughs> and, just, and, just, and just, like, make yeah. a start and start to ask Jesus about it. Because he's well up for, like, wrestling that through with you. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: I think um that kind of part of that conversation comes into the whole the 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 view that our culture, particularly in the student context has, is that sex is so casualised. Mm. That's a, don't know if that's actually a word okay. but um, <laughs> We're go. There we go. The casualization of sex, shall we say? Well it's like um and that that definitely comes into like conversations I've had with, with students where they've sort of thought, um, this is just a bit of fun mm. or this isn't gonna harm me or you know. Whereas I remember hearing stuff when I was the church I was often quite like straight down the line, like, don't do that. It is bad. Like, don't watch that. Don't listen yeah. to Eminem, you know, that sort of <laughs> stuff. Um, But like, and that's almost been a shift now where people are like, mm. yeah, but I can get away with that. Or mm. that's okay. Because it's talked about self and in like a uni kitchen, like, yeah. yeah, I just got with them. But, you know, I saw a birthday card this morning, a uh, Valentine's Day card this morning that said, um, I might leave Tinder for you. And I was like, that wow. kind of sums it up quite well. Like, yeah. there were people that will be going out with someone, but also still date, You know, yeah. still looking around, still dating. Mm-hmm. Uh, we struggle to commit to things, and that affects people's view of sex. Yeah. Um, not in the church and in the church as well. I think we can kind of feel like, well, oh, it's not actually that important. Like everyone's doing it, or, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's like it's just a hand job. You know, it's just yeah. a blowjob. It's all, yeah, all yeah, that yeah. sort of like you hear that quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and then I think with with, with with Christians, people can be sort of getting closer and closer to the line. So I remember hearing people people have said to me like multiple people. I, I just I think I'm quite good at being near the line. Like I know what the line is, but like I'm, I'm camping in the line and that's okay. I can get away with it, you know. I mean, and then you're like, what is the line? They're like, the line is sex, but I'm, I can do everything before that. But we're not gonna have sex because we do we're doing, we're doing yeah. that 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 that. And you think, ah,
2: you're yeah, like everything but
1: yeah, literally, whole, like, everything literally. but is such
2: a phrase. Everything but, but what do you include in yeah. everything but? Yeah, yeah, it's actually, yeah.
1: yeah. That's it's a silly. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's a. List. and like you were saying with the analogy of like bringing jesus into like in not, not locking things away from him like having mm. everything open to him like how willing are we to do that in our relationships and our friendships and us in, in in the concept of sex like are we just being like oh because the bible only specifically says talks the bible doesn't explicitly say you know hand jobs cheeky blowjob whatever you know like <laughs> we almost yeah. think god's got nothing to say about that god's yeah. got nothing to say on that as a value as perspective was actually mm-hmm. like you say god loves sex god created sex he has a value on it um, as something that is an intimate, uh, life-giving thing full of love to be to be in a covenant, is marriage. marriage, mm-hmm. people have committed themselves to just that one other person. Um, he has an incredibly high value on it. And the closer we, we get to the line and just camp out of the line and do this and that and this and that, we're devaluing that. We're kind of disrespecting ourselves, mm-hmm. I think, and the other person because we're not fully valuing the best that God has for us. Um, and I know that's quite strong and I know that you'll probably hear that and you'll be like, well... I'm in love with the person I'm with and we're doing this and we're doing that. Um, but we, I guess I kind of want to ask, the, we want to ask a question, don't we? Like, is, is, is that the wrong question to be asking of what can I get away with? Mm. Is how far mm. is too far? Is that the right question? Or is the question, you now how much of Jesus can I have in my life? Yeah. How much does he love me? How much does he love this person that I'm with? What is his vision for our sex life? What is mm. the better story that he has for us? Um, and there's a whole kind of load of baggage around sex that is both in culture in mm. the church around shame and guilt um where where have you guys seen those things in particular we've mentioned that a bit already but mm. i'm just away and talking about this even as i as i talk i'm like picturing who's listening do you know what yeah. i mean and like this is probably quite a triggering thing to talk about so yeah. Don't switch off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but let's let's just name that like what do you guys think about kind of the role of shame and guilt um, in the conversation about sex particularly in, in in the context of being a student being a christian
0: mm i think I think, because it's not often spoken about in general, like that the the exact reason we're having this conversation on a podcast I think I think especially a Christian, let's say in a flat of non Christians, when it's not spoken about, and yet they're like, let's say this Christian wants to not have sex while they're married and wants to live for Jesus like on five Jesus so all that sort of thing, chase him. And yet all this like there's an action chart in the kitchen, like all that sort of thing. And yet this person's getting tempted, it's easy to think, oh, I can't show them that like I'm struggling with this or like I'm not I'm not like that. I don't hold sex to the value that they do. I hold it higher than that because of God. I think then when people slip up under that impression even I think I think there's the split mind of like oh my non-Christian friends won't mind, but my Christian friends I can never tell them, and I think it takes on a whole other mindset of like this has to be my secret and this is something that I've got to sit in the hole and the well of, and like you were saying, it's what causes the most pain. Like I I've already noticed that yeah. from from just the last sure. few months, um, so it's I I just think it's so dangerous like to just I guess the trauma and the pain that it causes even that alone I'm like don't do it just because that also because of God's value on it but I'm like but that just hurts so Mm. much sort Mm. of thing what do you think Ollie um
2: I think yeah shame and guilt can be like really deceptive as well so Mm. I think it can actually so uh, I think of shame as being like there's something wrong with me and guilt is there's something wrong that I've done so actually guilt mm. can be quite useful but it often it slips into shame which is which cool. useful and that isn't what mm. God wants for us God doesn't want to guilt us either or shame us he wants to convict so he wants to it, that's like guilt turned into action so it's like good, loving like ah oh, actually what I've done I know isn't good for me Um, mm. like I don't know like running out in front of a car like you'd feel bad afterwards and a bit shaken up it's more mm. like that kind of thing. <laughs> Um but i think they can be really they can become blinkers um i think i think there's a lot of people where who might be listening who might think oh shame and guilt oh it's because you're trying to say that sex is like this terrible shameful misery inducing thing we're not saying that um cuz actually your response in shame and guilt might actually to feel really judged so mm. i've definitely experienced this myself where i've been like all Christians are really judgmental. And as soon as anyone talks about sex or disagrees with me, I've just they're judgmental. Actually, if you dig a little bit deeper, which I dare you to, hmm. um, there actually might be a little bit of shame in that because yeah. it might not be that you're right. It might not be. Because <laughs> actually, what have other people got to gain from making you feel judged? Like hmm. there's, there's nothing to that. So I think shame and guilt can become they can blind us because we can believe that other people are judging us or other people are out to get us and that's such a great tactic of like the enemy or whatever you think or just of your own mind um to blind you to actually taking action to actually wrestling through the Jesus mm. because actually if you think about it why not just open up the conversation with Jesus how do you know what he's actually going to say about your relationship how do you know yeah. what he's actually going to want you to do um, because I think that God is he, he knows you inside and out and so he wants to take you out of shame and guilt and, and bring you into like amazing freedom. It's not an obvious set path of you either have to have really boring relationships with people or really stunted or difficult relationships with people or you can have great sex. That isn't, how it, that isn't how it works. So I think the sad thing about shame and guilt and the thing that breaks my heart is that people get so trapped in it, either feeling ashamed or guilty or feeling judged. And, but they don't allow Jesus to pull them out of that when actually mm. those feelings should be an indicator of and, a, and like our our like red flag of going, this is when I need Jesus.
1: Mm. I think just on that, I think of uh, John 8 quite a lot with, with that civic mm. conversation. So when the woman caught in court adultery is brought to Jesus um, by the Pharisees um, when he's in the temple courts, which is just a whole nutty imagery like when you think when you with that story long enough and you the physical aspects of it yeah. um and he you know long story short he says uh, any one of you who's without sin be the first to throw a stone at her um and then they all all the pharisees all the people accusing this woman leave one by one and it's just jesus left with him uh left 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 with her the one who is without sin the one who could throw a stone at her um and he asks a woman where are they has no one condemned you she says no one's sir." And then Jesus declared, "Neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin." Um, mm. What she's feeling when she's been literally caught in adultery, sat there with Preventus. Jesus, left. Yeah. Um, he doesn't condemn. He doesn't judge. He says, "Go now and leave your life of sin." There's that, like you say, it's that conviction. It's that call into. There is an action. There is a response. But it isn't a. I have deemed you wrong, and that there is your. That is your identity. Your yeah. identity is freedom in Christ. Mm. Um, when you've been caught mm. in that place, it's not. But it's not keeping you in that. It's bringing you into freedom.
0: What I think is really interesting about what Jesus said as says as well is that he says go and leave like it's an action yeah. that you have to take yourself to to choose.
1: Yeah, you, We were talking about this yesterday. Um, one of the things that I think about a lot with discipleship is people often talk about sex and other topics like mm. that, like almost like they're passengers in their own life. And I like, wasn't my fault. Like we we were just all we all we did was like drink alcohol and share a bottle of wine in in her room at 3am like it's not my fault it happened and i'm like but you've it? you bought the bottle of wine you entered the room you know da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. um. and there's loads of stuff like that where i think like you said earlier self-control self-control is a fruit of the spirit the holy spirit has made his home in you and mm-hmm. um, you have a choice to not go into situations you are in the driving seat with some of this stuff it doesn't just happen to you um, and sometimes thinking that back and being like okay why do i have this attitude towards this why am i Mm. Um, willing to be kind of led astray, or why am I not willing to walk away from situation or back away? Um, mm. Being aware of that and kind of taking back control in that sense, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Um. Just I guess following on from that, it we we're reading in Galatians five. It says um, it talks all about life by the Spirit and freedom in Christ, which pointers that is the title of the of the whole um, the whole uh, passage, I guess um but it says and it's so i say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh and then it goes on to say the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and that sort of thing and then it goes on to say keep in step with the spirit and it's just it is that it is um what's been running through all the conversations so far of how do i choose to keep in step with jesus how do i choose to keep in step with god the father and the spirit um which is the right question to be asking? It's what we've been talking about all along of holiness in itself, isn't it? Of holiness is how do I look more like Jesus in this rather than thinking, oh, but can I just push this or can I do this? Um, what are some What are some questions that you think are wrong to ask when it comes to this topic?
1: Um. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> there's
0: so many.
1: I think. Um, is it okay to share a bed?
0: yes you just missed adam's face but it was like a controversial response <laughs> to his own his own um comment
1: yeah i've had so many conversations about that and mm-hmm. do have will have have had and that's not just students like that's people yeah, yeah. like you know that's a d- yeah. like active thing people struggle with um uh, part of, part of my thing with that is i think you're you're kind of like playing marriage yeah. So you're like kind of almost disrespecting like the marital covenant that God calls us to, which is like yeah. meant to mirror Christ's mm-hmm. lame stuff now for the church. Yeah. Um, so sharing a bit of someone is kind of almost like copying marriage and it doesn't leave you down a healthy route if you're next to someone that you're physically attracted to. Yeah. Like,
2: and you're knackered mm-hmm. and it's the middle of the night. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And, and um, yeah, and it's playing, yeah, like a fake reality. So actually, even if you're like, yeah, it, it, just think about what's real right now in my life. Like, am I in a married, committed relationship, or am I not? And that actually kind of is a good indicator. Another good question is... Mm. Uh, well, not good. The, the wrong, <laughs> wrong question, there Another yeah. good wrong question yeah, yeah. is... Um, uh, lots of people have asked me, um, if we're going to get married anyway, does it matter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always think, wow, that person can tell the future. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. Like, I've, I've yeah. seen more than a handful of people who were... Absolutely convinced they were going to get married, and so they were like, We can just do whatever we want because we're basically married anyway because we want to get married. And of course, not everyone gets married who thinks they're going to when they're mm. 18 years old. I
1: Other friends who are engaged in that situation, yeah, and then not get married,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, well. yeah. exactly. What's real right now? Are you in a covenant married relationship? Or are you not? Mm. And like purity and. Self control and all those things are the same in in each of those phases of life, but they apply very differently. And before marriage, it 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 means not having sex and not sharing a bed. Yeah, I'm trying think is some more mm. wrong questions.
1: Yeah, um, I think I think there's a, there's a wrong question around, uh, like the whole "how far is too far" mm-hmm. in of itself is a wrong question. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's like like you were saying, walk by the spirit, not by the yeah. flesh. If you're asking how far is too far you're kind of pointing the other way. Yes. Um, yes. You can't see me on a podcast, but I'm facing away way. Just trying to try and indicate <laughs> that. A um, demonstration. Yeah, you're almost like, you're kind of taking like a 90 degree turn to the right and being like, I'm now going that way. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm asking, can I get away with that? Rather than, can I pursue this with Jesus over here?
2: Mm. Yeah, and where are the line? Where's the line as well? Where are the boundaries? Because then it's like in Galatians where it talks about you've been free, you, you've been set free in order to stay free. Yes. Um, yeah. And actually, if you're asking where the lines are, like sometimes that might be like because you genuinely are just like, oh, I just don't want to cross them. But you're tying yourself up with those lines and making your own rules and making your own system and making your own law that you're probably not going to be able to mm. hold to. So it's better just to follow Jesus.
0: Yeah, I think also the more that I've like experience different stories going through university and having to actually, like, face, like, not living with parents for the first time and all that sort of thing. It's totally different um, in how I've started thinking about it. I think also, it is the whole... The whole everything but versus sex thing, of that's the line. I, like... I think people don't question enough what is actually sex. Like, yeah. obviously there's lots of different types of everything. But, yes, it is... Um, how can I be closer to Jesus? But also, like that doesn't. If if you you could argue that you can look at it as like everything is sex and everything is not mm. if if you are looking at Jesus, and I think people don't question enough what actually sex is and what God means yeah. it to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm.
1: yeah. So if the right question is how can I be more like Jesus mm. and pursue holiness, what is holiness? <laughs>
0: a great question and in
1: this context well, what is that
0: yeah um i think that the best we did a sex and relationship series last year around this time last year and that i i've said this many times but the way that i've heard it where it's clicked the most is how can how can i be more like jesus how can i look more like jesus and how can i i guess I, I, it's that question in itself, but it's not just, okay, how can I stay on the right line of looking more like Jesus? It's how can I outrageously and blindingly look um, as light as Jesus is? Um, there was a, a... There's a guy... Who is he? Calvin Samuel. Explain Calvin Samuel.
1: <laughs> uh, These are Holly's words, not mine. He's like the Idris Elba. Oh my <laughs> God, <laughs> do not put this out <laughs> <of again. laughs> <laughs> Calvin Samuel a
2: very clever man and he's very good at the bible and <laughs> a lovely dress sense
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was it a tweed suit holly he wore, like
2: some really nice suits so i went i did i li- went to some of his lectures yeah <laughs> and, he just, and he happened to be doing the lectures yeah right yeah he's,
1: he's written a, he's written a book about holiness and he's done loads of teaching on it hasn't he mm.
0: yeah and he he explains um what is it that I read earlier? Oh, it, it says at the end of an article that he wrote, radical holiness is rooted in an optimism of grace. It is to believe that there are no boundaries in which God's goodness and glory may not be reflected. I think when we like read holiness as there are no boundaries, not in terms of sex boundaries yeah. for once, but no boundaries in, in the way that God's goodness and glory can be reflected in us, I cannot comprehend what that looks like, and yet to run towards something that I can't can't comprehend in in that amount of goodness and that amount of glory of God is totally different than I know how I've tried to like not stop drinking before. Or, you know what I mean? Um, so I think holiness is more than we can comprehend, and yet it is everything that we know true of Jesus' character reflected mm. in us.
1: Uh, Holly, how did um, Miriam who spit? g2 how did she describe holiness she
2: described it like a uh, like a bleach white pair mm. of jeans but i, I can't remember, you can't remember that. That. <laughs> that's okay that's
1: okay don't follow me up on it no um <laughs> i've actually got it written down here that's helpful backup <laughs> but um yeah so Miriam had this thing about basic off conversation of Carolyn about holiness being uh, we like often we see holiness or have seen holiness like it's we're wearing white skinny jeans so you've got to be careful like where we sit where we go like not to drink something we might spill on it not to go near mud that sort of thing and like something might soil our holiness like get into it and that sort of thing uh, but yeah actually holiness is the bleach it is the thing that makes things white it's the thing that purifies us that makes us clean uh, the holiness of God is always available to be poured out uh, and as Christians as followers of Jesus the people that are like him uh, how do we take that holiness that unboundaried glory of God uh, into the dirtiest of places, into the hardest of places, and splash it about, uh, bring Jesus into those places, just as he did with the woman caught in adultery, as he did with, you know, oh, countlessly throughout the Gospels, bringing the unrestricted, unbounded glory of God into situations.
0: I think what's amazing about that is that when when we talk about holiness in response to the topics that we have, such as sex, for example... That are so, when we think of stuff like that, we look at ourselves a lot and, like, oh, what problems do I have? Like, oh, where do I feel condemned? Or, like, that sort of thing. Mm. But what what this kind of explanation transforms holiness into is how can I look like Jesus? Um, Sorry, I just turned my
1: screen brightness up and it went really, really bright. <laughs> do you Sorry. know what?
0: what really made me laugh about that? The brightness of his laptop hit Adam's face and I was like, <laughs> yeah. that's holiness. That's what it is. Um, but that is, that is how it explains it. Is it's not just how can I be more like Jesus in this thing I'm really struggling in, but how can I be more like Jesus as the light of the world mm. in my uni flat or in my sports team or even in my church group where not everyone's getting the right page of the book. Mm. Um, it makes it external and it makes it outward looking, which is what Jesus always was.
2: Yeah, and all these things aren't just like periphery things, so I think we can also make the mistake of thinking that sex or alcohol or any of the kind of stuff that you've been talking about in terms of like lifestyle things Mm. often we can think it's like a like a periphery thing and we're like oh but it's all about i believe in jesus and all that kind of stuff is around the outside whereas actually what jesus wants for us is to realize that if this is actually about holiness and not just about sex itself then that's a route into knowing him more so Mm. actually laying down your sex life and your sexuality to jesus and and being like i want to understand what you think about it Jesus. I want to understand what, who you created me to be in this part of my life. That's actually a route into being better friends with Jesus and knowing more of him. It isn't just like a this sideline rule thing that you have to yeah. do if you want to be a good Christian. That's a load of rubbish. It's actually that like it takes you deeper into relationship with him. It's a it's a route into for for people even into knowing him for the first time as well being like mm-hmm. okay I'm going to like try out what this looks like to follow Jesus in this area and actually it can bring freedom in loads of other areas of our lives
0: yeah yeah absolutely so good yeah so we've got questions as always um for you guys to reflect on um first question that I have is how do you think that your view of sex is influenced by the culture around you For the next few questions, I'd love it if you'd actually get into like a quiet space to listen to them. Um, And so I want you guys to be speaking to God through this topic and not just separating it as like we talked about earlier.
1: Yeah. So the first question uh, in that is um, to ask God, what do you want my attitude towards sex to be?
2: The second question for you to ask God is... How can I be more like you?
0: What does it look like for me to live out of holiness? Adam, would you actually pray for us?
1: Yeah, I would actually pray for us. <laughs> I would actually do that. Um Jesus, I thank you so much for um the opportunity to have this conversation. Uh God, I thank you that we're able to um address this, we're able to hear your heart on this, we're able to and fix our eyes on you in the midst of a conversation that is often painful, mm. uh, triggering, confusing, uh, difficult. Uh, Jesus, we want to know your uh, unbounded glory, goodness, and grace in our lives. Uh, Holy Spirit, I pray now for everyone listening uh, right now that you would fill them with your presence, that you would fill them with a sense of peace and comfort. And God, anything in this podcast that might have felt Uh, judging or condemning jesus we pray against that and we pray and said that you would uh, offer up your hand to people that you would call them to live lives uh, full of your goodness full of your glory uh, lives that reflect you lives that um, see you at work in how they live amen
0: amen